Hi, folks. This is GOK, the Gospel of Kennison, uh, episode 109, brought to you the week of October 8th, uh, 2020, minus one. My name is James Kennison. Welcome to my personal audio journal. Today, I want to talk about things I love. But first, mental health update. Um, generally, I'm doing well, you know, like in the big picture. But it seems like every day lately, there's a part of the point of the day that um, I get really, 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 really uh, down. And it feels like that it's never going to get better and that everything is doomed. And But I do seem to be able to get out of it, like pull out of it with uh, a little bit of that cognitive behavioral therapy stuff where... You, you think of positive things or you distract yourself or something like that. So my wife says this. She says, I think you're dealing with normal stuff, but it's just being complicated by your, your depression and your anxiety. And uh, because that's why you're able to pull out of it. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But it feels the same, except for the fact that she's right, that if I change the subject or if I get my mind thinking about something else, then um, something something uh, changes. And lately, the thing that has been dragging me down has been this PHP thing, this school that I'm taking. Oh my gosh, I don't know why it's such a hard deal for me. My wife uh, made fun of me on our date last night, um, just a teasing way of saying, so you're upset with yourself for not knowing stuff you don't know? And and I'm and I guess she's right. Is I'm not used to to learning, and I'm not used to doing things that don't come easy. Um, I I'm used to doing things that I'm comfortable doing, and that I can figure out the problems myself. And I I get a little frustrated with the course because sometimes it seems like they're asking questions that they haven't given answers to. So you watch a video, you watch a bit of a clip of a video where they show you things and you follow along in your code and you code what they code. And then they ask you questions and they have code challenges as well. And sometimes it seems like they haven't taught you what's in the question yet. And maybe it's in the next video. And, and that frustrates me. Um, or maybe I'm just stupid and I missed it and they know what they're doing. I, I'm assume, I have to assume the second that I'm dumb and that they taught it. I just what I just didn't catch it. I don't know. I try to take notes, but that's hard to do when you're supposed to be following along with uh, you know what's on the screen. I've already told you I slowed the lady down because she talks faster than I do, and she's just like, you know, here, type this. And then we're going to move this over here. And we're going to cut and paste this. And then we're going to do this. And I'm like, I need her to be like, hi, we're going to cut and paste. And I got her down to 50%. And I wish she could go lower and just be a very slow person, uh, for a very slow man like me. Um, but I said, I was going to talk about things I love, but it's important for you to know um, as far as an audio journal goes, it's important for you to know my mental health state. And, um, like I said, in general, overall, I'm, I'm doing better 
um, than normal. Normal being that I'm usually sad. And I had a friend that asked me, you know, what is your normal? And and I told him it's being miserable and and horrible. And he says, well, here's hoping that one day normal is for you is feeling decent, you know, not feeling great, not feeling horrible, but feeling just normal. And I said, yeah, that would be nice. But until then, uh, normal is bad and I'm doing a little bit better than normal. Um, okay. So things that I love, uh, the first thing that comes to mind obviously is my dogs. I love my dogs so much. That is a lie. I hate them. Um, obviously the first thing that came to my mind was the thing I hate, not things I love. But for now, I will now go into things that I really love and you will just have to listen to them. Okay. Um, the biggest thing that comes to mind uh, just totally random, out of order. But the first thing that came to my mind when I came to this idea is I love that nine times out of ten, my wife falls asleep in my arms every night. And uh, it's a little annoying. Uh, not, not in the way you would think, okay? I, I love the fact that she feels uh, safe and comfortable and loved. And she says that I have the best arms in the world and um, and we have separate beds now, or separate mattresses. We sleep in the same bed. We have separate mattresses. So she has to, to make an effort to hop over the the crease, you know, over the gap there, uh, to come over. And and so there's this holding, and then there's this sleeping, and then there's this. Okay, I'm going to my side after a while, and um, and she does that after she falls asleep. And uh, I say it's annoying. Because the girl falls asleep in like three minutes. And uh, she says it usually takes about 10 to 15 if, if she's not on my side. And, uh, and it, it's annoying because it takes me like two hours to fall asleep. And I'm very jealous. Uh, she does this thing when, when she starts to fall asleep that different parts of her body start jerking. Like, like her toe will jerk and then her leg and then her whole back will spasm a tiny bit. And then her hands will, you know, uh, twitch. And and it's like she's getting stung by a bee, different parts of her body. <laughs> or, or she's getting a little shock, electric shock. And uh, she said she read about it and that it's normal. And maybe I do it too and I just don't notice because I'm sleeping. But man, she does a lot of herking and jerking. And, um, and, and it actually happened the other day. I was wondering, I was like, what, what if she's got her fingernails out one day and, and just and, and gets me on the neck or something? And sure enough, one day she, I was laying there because I can't sleep when she's there. Um, and, and her hand jerked and she got me. She pinched me a little bit and it was all right. I let it, I let it pass because it wasn't on purpose. But I love that. I love that I am because I don't have a, a very high opinion of myself, as many of you know. Um, so that the, the fact that I have this skill that I didn't know I had, I have this, I have this skill where I can put somebody to sleep and make them feel like the, all of the world's troubles are gone and melted away and she can just fall asleep in a matter of seconds. Um, it's, it's wonderful and I love it, but it's a little bit annoying because I wish who's going to hold me. Um, uh, I, I'm not looking for volunteers. I'm just saying, I wish I could benefit from that. That's what I tell her. I'm like, you're laying here, and, and it's wonderful 
for you and that's great and awesome and, and i get a lot out of it and i do love it more than life itself but um you know then then you go on your side and now i got a two-hour struggle ahead of me where i gotta i gotta try to go to sleep with all the the things in my mind that go through my head um anyway so that's one thing i love um just random things that i love i love my truck I have a truck. I don't know if you knew this, but it is white and it is a Nissan Frontier and we bought it off Craigslist and we got a good deal on it and it was in near perfect condition when I got it. It is no longer in near perfect condition because I live in the city and our garage is very small and the alleyway in the back has dumpsters all around it and a telephone pole and I have hit every single one of them and the corner of the garage with the with the truck at some point and um there's little dents and little scratches here and there that show that i am a terrible driver of of a truck um but it has it has a uh, a crew cab i guess they call it where it has four doors in the front you know you see these things everywhere um and so it's got enough room for me to haul the kids around and their friends and uh, to put stuff in the back when I need it for projects or when I'm moving stuff around. And it is easily the the best vehicle I've ever owned as far as, uh, maybe not price-wise and prestige-wise, because I had a Nissan 200SX one time, and that was pretty fly. Um, but it is the best vehicle I've had as far as serve, it meets my needs exactly. Like it's exactly the kind of car that I needed. Every vehicle I've ever owned, I've always been just okay with. It does the job. But then when I go to try to buy plywood, I have to kind of cram it in there. I had a, um, a Honda Element for 13 years and it would hold a sheet of plywood. But if I needed to put more stuff in there, it started getting really, really tight, you know. And plus you were putting stuff inside the interior of your vehicle uh, which got splinters and marks and all kinds of stuff. And the, the car didn't age well um, over those 13 years. But uh, the, the truck is, uh, it's got a sacred little inner space and, and the, and the bed is for um, spilling brown, brown paint in like I did one time and, and then hosing it right out. And you couldn't have done that in an element, man. If I have spilled that brown paint in the element, psh, it'd have been in, you know, living with that forever. A uh, little side note. One, one time I, I just bought the element and uh, it, it was children's ministry time and uh, back in the day. And uh, I, I wanted to get some hay bales to put on the stage for harvest time, you know, for the Halloween season and um, pumpkins and stuff. And so I went to a, uh, I don't know, uh, where they sell trees and, and bushes. What do they call those things? Nursery. I, go, I went to a nursery and I bought some hay bales and the, and the guy says, Hey, you want to put some uh, plastic in there to keep the hay from getting all over the place? And it was a brand new car. And I was like, no, cause, cause the, one of the selling points of these things is that they said that you can hose them out cause they didn't have carpet. They had plastic flooring. And I, and I was at the time thinking, yeah, this would be great. I can just use it like a truck. It'll be awesome. So I had them throw them right in there. That was the biggest mistake I ever made in my life. Cause that hay got everywhere down in the cracks down to the thing for 13 years, I had I had hay just in random places in the car uh, that I would always find deeper and deeper as it worked its way into the uh, innermost being of my vehicle. So there you go. 
Uh, another random thing that I love, and I know I, I'm supposed to save my children and stuff, but this is no uh, specific order. It's just the things that I love. I love Buzz Lightyear. And I got made fun of um, by a middle schooler the other day for liking Buzz Lightyear. I was giving him and his dad and his brother a ride to church. And the kid in the back is like, oh my gosh, I just seen this Buzz Lightyear thing uh, sticker on your window. And just tell me that's that that's not Buzz Lightyear. I'm like, yeah, that's Buzz Lightyear. That's what I'm into. He's like, Toy Story? Toy Story? What, what, why did you pick Buzz Lightyear? I'm like... Uh, pick a better character. And of course, I expected him to say uh, Woody because everybody loves to say Woody because they think that some, for some reason that I'm like anti-Woody and like Woody is the antithesis of Buzz. And that's not true. If you wanted to get down to brass tacks, Zerg is the antithesis of Buzz um, or even even uh, 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 the kid next door, the evil kid, Zerg. No, his name's not Zerg. His name is something else, but he's evil. You know, something like that. But Woody and Buzz are best friends. It doesn't bother me at all when somebody says, oh, I like Woody better. But no, this kid says, what about the potato? And I'm like, the potato? Who, who, Whose favorite character is potato, Mr. Potato Head? He's great and all, but he carries part of his face around in his butt. It's just not exactly something that I would ever collect or, or make an effort to come out with. I mean, I think the fact that but they're still making Buzz Lightyear stuff 20 years later is evidence that Buzz Lightyear and, and Woody, of course, are uh, classic Disney, you know, Pixar characters. Uh, so he he couldn't make a point there. So he just flat out said Toy Story story is supposed to be for kids. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's fine. But Buzz Lightyear is for James. And I love Buzz Lightyear. I, people ask me why. And I ask them, well, what do you love? And sometimes they'll say, uh, you know, random things. They they love collecting or they love this, that, and the other. And I'm like, well, that's just the reason I like Buzz Lightyear. It's just my favorite thing. I like his uniform. I like the design. I like the colors. I like the complexity of his costume and stuff like that. Um, I like the way he sounds. Tom Hanks. Uh, Tom Hanks. Uh, whatever his name is that does the voice, the the home improvements guy. Um uh, I, I like the um, whole thing of Toy Story 1 where he doesn't believe he's a toy and finds out that he is and the whole struggle that he goes through and um, and then owning being a toy and realizing that in, in embracing his true calling that he was better off and he's better because of it rather than some fake version. I love that whole idea because uh, I think it translates into life that a lot of times we hold on to things that we think make us who we are. And it's just fake bull crap. But when we really realize what God has intended us to be and what our real calling is, uh, and we shake off all that fake, we find out that um, we're more important and more valued and, and, and just better off in general than we ever were living in this uh, cloud of, of uh, self-indulgent uh, uh, mindsets and things like that. So, yeah. Wasn't quite sure how to finish that sentence, but I managed to do it. Um, so I love Buzz Lightyear. I love all my stuff. So people ask, well, what's your favorite Buzz Lightyear? I've talked about that in the past, and I made a lot of people mad because I pretended to drop it. <laughs> so go back and listen to the last couple episodes, and I talk about I talk about that. But um, some of my favorite Buzz Lightyear things are the things that I've made myself. 
And um, I made a Buzz Lightyear marionette a couple years ago, and I cut the the tip of my, like the pad of my finger almost completely off, which stopped construction on that project immediately. And he is he is still carved. He needs to be sanded. There's probably a little bit more carving left to do. I have these protective gloves now that I wear. Um, but uh, he needs to be painted and finished and strung. And I haven't done any of that stuff, but he's up on a little stand and I like him. Uh, I made a Buzz Lightyear Nutcracker doll and I made him on a lathe and then uh, put him together and he's standing over there fully completed and painted and he actually has cracked a nut before. So he is a, he's a real Nutcracker and he's an original design because if you go online and look at Buzz Lightyear wood, wood, woodcracker, Nutcrackers, um, you'll see all these weird ones that don't really couldn't possibly crack nuts the way they design them is weird but mine actually has a mouth that opens and closes and um and 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 cracks nuts and instead of a handle in the back he has his backpack in the back and it's really cool and if you wanted to see it you can look it up on jameskennison.com and go to buzz light your art and then search for uh nutcracker and you can see it i i might put a link to it in the show notes if i can remember i'm going to mark the audio so that i'll remember to do that i'm looking around right now and uh i made a, a easter basket buzz Lightyear, but he's not my favorite he's just kind of dumb oh i made uh kind of a cosplay uh buzz Lightyear arm where it's the upper arm piece the the lower gauntlet piece and then a a, um, a glove and the um light in the arm it's the right arm glows and it has the laser uh, iconography on the on the arm, the upper arm. And I wore it uh, for Halloween a couple years ago. And uh, that that's definitely a favorite thing because it took a long time. And, and it took so long, in fact, that I only did one arm. And I probably will never do <laughs> a second arm. So, um, things I love. Things I love. I love, um, uh, I love my family a lot. Um, my daughter is, uh, we realize she's smart. Okay. She's smart. Don't get me wrong, but more than she is smart, she's, she's determined and she inherited that from her mom. And I think it's a great, uh, thing to have. I think it serves you better than brains. Because there's a lot of smart people out there, but they're lazy as butt, and they don't do anything. And um, I may be one of those people. I'm not. I'm not going to say that I am, but I might be. And uh, uh, I'm not as smart as Jen, though. Jen, oh my gosh, my wife is so smart. Uh, you should hear her. I want to have her on here and just describe to you what she does every day. She's an accountant. She works in provisions, whatever the flip that is. And I asked her, I was like, you know, I, I let her talk about her day and I let her talk about what she's doing. And she knows I can't understand what she's saying, but I think it makes her feel good. And it does something for her to be able to speak about it without having to explain everything. And I do catch um, some of it. Like I get, I get what she's doing. I just don't understand how she's doing it. And, and if you asked me to do what she just said she did, there's no way I could follow it. But like she was talking about airplanes and airplane motors 
that they had to figure out the tax that they would possibly pay on these airplane motors. And I'm like, what the heck? What what about why airplane motors? And she says, oh, my business is in the, we own, we lease airplane engines. And I'm like, what? There's such a thing as leasing airplane engines. She's like, yeah, we own, you know, such and such million dollars worth of airplane engines. And it's really weird because, um, there's some certain sort of tax that has to do with the location of where this thing is. And this thing spends a lot of its time in this one location, but it's also all over the world and in Hong Kong and this, that, and the other. And, and I had to figure out the tax on that based on its locations and, Oh, oh. <laughs> so I love how smart my wife is and I love how smart my daughter is, but I love how, uh, to get back to Jenna, is is how um her personality is and how she um she just strives so hard to be the best and and she's a lot like her mom and that's why I can't talk about one without the other and uh and and then there's Jay and Jay I love Jay he is my boy he is like me he likes uh video games he likes watching TV he likes devices he wants to be an engineer um, he's really good at all the subjects that he does. He, he lacks a little bit of drive like his dad. And, uh, whenever he bumps into something that he doesn't understand, he, um, gets very frustrated and overwhelmed like his dad. And, uh, <laughs> it's a terrible trait. <laughs> and I can say that because I share it with him and I understand but at the same time, it's no excuse. And, and I need to listen to my own advice that I give him to say, you know what? When you don't understand something, just ask somebody. Ask for help right there. Don't wait for the test to find out that you don't know something. And um, I, I, need to, I need to follow my own uh, advice. I really do. Because I get very easily overwhelmed. And, and it does make me feel stupid when I don't know something that I just don't, I've never known and would have no reason to know. And, and I think Jay deals with the same thing. He's used to things coming easy for him. And a lot of things do. He's a bright kid, but when he hits something, he doesn't understand. I, I just think he, he melts down and he goes into the I'm stupid mode that he inherited from his dumb dad and, uh, and, and he just doesn't, he doesn't ask questions. He doesn't ask the teacher. He just tries to figure it out for himself. And when he can't, uh, he, he does bad in, in some of his quizzes and stuff. But, um, but I love Jay because he asks a lot of questions otherwise, otherwise, other than the, the questions he need to ask, the boy is always asking questions and it drives his mom crazy. She can't handle it. She's like, Jay, Jay you got to ask your dad. You got to. Could ask because he'll ask about anything and everything. And I love answering questions. And so we are a good match. And um, so he'll ask me just the randomest stuff. You know, why is that there? What are streetlights for? How do they know when to come on? You know, what does the yellow light mean? Why do people go fast? You know, when the yellow light comes on, you know, he'll just notice everything and ask about everything. And I used to do the same thing. I knew how I, I passed my driver's test, my, the written portion without studying only missed one question, um, because of, uh, watching and asking questions about signs and what they meant. And, and, and Jay 
will do that. He'll ask what this sign means and what that what that does and and um, what is yield. And I think he's going to be in the same boat where um, I I don't know. I I describe my kids in the I I describe the way they are uh, by the way they learn to ride their bicycle because Jenna I tried to teach her. Um, and at one point she said, no, you know what? I I'm going to just work on it. And she sent me away and that girl struggled and struggled and struggled and worked and worked and worked and eventually taught herself how to ride that bicycle. Jay, it was a little later in life for him, uh, that we took off the training wheels, but I took him out to the park and we got on the clay of the baseball diamond and I pushed him and I told him what to do. And dude, he rode his bike the first time, boom, and 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 was doing figure eights. I kid you not, uh, on the tennis on the uh, ba- basketball court. By the time it was time to go back in the house, um, and that's the way I think they're gonna be when they when they grow up and and get out of the house. I think Jenna is just gonna be struggling the whole time to get ready to be there, and then she'll just one day fly away and be ready to go take on the world. I think Jay, it might take him a little longer and he might need a little push, <laughs> but when, when his time comes, he's going to ace it. And, uh, I, I love that about my kids and, uh, cause they are the best and the worst of both me and Jen. And, uh, Jen and I were talking about it actually about it last night at dinner at, uh, at red lobster, which we, we, we have a theory about red lobster. We do not think red lobster will be around for much longer. Um, once our generation dies off, I don't know that the millennials are going to start, uh, you know, are going to continue the tradition of going to a red lobster. I think it's, it's time has passed. Kind of like, kind of like, uh, 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 pizza hut, you know, when pizza became something you ate at the house and, and pizza for dinner at a restaurant just kind of faded away. And, uh, pizza hut now, now you can tell where there's a pizza hut. Cause now it's a Chinese food place or it's a bank loan or a car loan, uh, paycheck loan place, you know, that kind of thing. I think we're going to see these red lobsters, uh, as, as Chinese food buffets and stuff like that in about, uh, 10 years. Um, just a little quote there, but, uh, we were talking about, um, uh, something, (laughs) I forgot what it was, (laughs) but anyway, uh, on to my topic, let's, let's talk about stuff that we, we love. Um, I love going out with my wife. I do. I, it, it's so nice that my kids are old enough now that I can leave them at the house for a limited amount of time. I mean, I wouldn't leave them for hours and hours, but a couple hours to be able to go out on a Monday night and have a nice dinner and just talk and hang out. And, and it helps me realize that, you know what? We're going to be okay when the kids are gone. When it's just the two of us, we're going to have as much fun as we did before the kids were born as much fun as we did, if not more, you know, when, when it was just the two of us. And um, I'm looking forward to that period of time. Um, I love my podcast setup. Uh, a lot of people that I talk to that are, that are just getting started in podcasting, um, it's hard for me to relate because I have been doing this for a long time now. Uh, not, not a straight 13 years you know, uh, or 12 years or whatever it's been, but it has been, um, 12 years since I started since 2006. Uh, and so 
I have accumulated and saved and paid for quite a few pieces of, of equipment. And the main ones are my, my, uh, handy H4N recorder. Um, my zoom handy H4N recorder, which is featured in earth to echo, by the way. Uh, if you haven't seen that movie, you should, it's cute. And, um, I have a, a compressor limiter gate. I have a, uh, a mixer board. I have all the cables that are associated. I have headphones and two very nice microphones with microphone stands. And, um, you know, we're talking about hundreds of dollars for each item. And, uh, I, I love having a, a podcast set up, um, not because it's expensive, not because it's, uh, top of the line or whatever. Cause I doubt it is. I mean, I think it's good for podcasting standards, but I like it and love it because, um, it's easy. It makes podcasting simple and easy. And I talk to other podcasters who don't have a space where they can just leave their s- stuff set up and they have to set up every single week. And I remember those days because David and I used to do that, uh, way, way back when we would podcast at the church in my office and we would have to borrow stuff from around the building and we would build our setup every time and have to tweak all the settings every single time. And now that I have a little tiny uh, little studio home office space and I have a desk that the uh, um, my listeners uh, bought and paid for for me, uh, which is so awesome. And I have a brass plaque that has all their names on it and it's stuck on the side. Um, but I have it to where it's it's set. And it's, and I can just leave everything set up and everything's perfect every time I turn it on and it just works 90% of the time, exactly how it's supposed to that I love, I love that. And it took a long time to get there. And there's still a couple things I would add to it, like a, a microphone preamp and a headphone, uh, amplifier, because right now one of my headphones is plugged directly into the soundboard. Um, so I'm not actually monitoring exactly what goes into the, the um, recorder. Uh, I probably should be monitoring from the output of the recorder. But my daughter's head headphones go into there. And it would be much better for me to take the output from the uh, the recorder and plug that into a little box that has a little amplifier in it. And it, then it would have up to four outputs that we could plug our headphones in and then we can monitor and change the, the volume of uh, our headphones individually to taste. And that would be very nice. Uh, but they're not, they're not cheap. And I haven't, I haven't pushed, pulled the trigger, pushed the trigger, pushed the button on that. So there you go. Um, I love, uh, I love my house. It's the best house I've ever lived in. There's nothing extraordinary about it. You know, it's got a basement. It's got a main floor. It's got an upper area. It looks like an old hundred year old building on the outside. Uh, and I say that because all the buildings in St. Louis are like a hundred years old. And so it matches and, and looks, it's all brick on the front, you know, with the old fashioned windows. And we have uh, 10 foot ceilings upstairs on both floors. And then we have an eight foot uh, ceiling in the basement. So that, that makes it seem a lot bigger than it actually is and all this. But I mean, I grew up in a trailer where they took two trailers and, or they took three trailers to a double wide and a single wide and smashed them together and cut holes between them 
and water and bugs and stuff poured through. Um, I've come a long way, baby. And uh, I'm, I'm very happy that I live in a house that there's nothing wrong with. And um, I love that. I, I love that that, that that is not something I have to worry about. And, um, you know, like I said, it's it's mostly the poor, the little poor boy that still lives inside of me saying, you know, hey, I, I don't have wheels underneath me. And there's nothing wrong with having to live in a trailer or having to live in a house that has things that it needs. I mean, my house needs stuff. Don't get me wrong. Uh, like the front door is is rotten and needs to be replaced. Uh, and, and my yard is a shambles because depression and yard lawn care don't mix. Um, but I, I like, I like the safety of my house. I love the, the comfort that it brings. And, um, I love my bed, <laughs> even though it doesn't always put me to sleep like it should, it should automatically, I, I should blame the bed for that. Um, I love, uh, kids ministry. I do. And it looks like I'm going to be doing it again pretty soon. Um, our church, Novation Church, is is uh, in, meeting in a building um, that we've been renovating for the last couple of years called the Melvin Theater. And um, we just passed inspection and got occupancy this uh, past Monday, which was yesterday. Yeah. And so we're pretty excited about that. And, uh, so we're going to start meeting there. And that means that, um, we're going to start, uh, stop meeting in house in our houses. We've been moving between, you know, two or three different homes and, uh, we have more kids than we do adults. And the conversations and church style that we've been doing has been for the grownups and the kids have been very well behaved and very awesome. Uh, I have to take my hat off to them. But they deserve a little church of their own, and I will be very happy to provide that. Um, and, and that's something I'm looking forward to doing pretty soon. Matter of fact, today at 1.30, I have a meeting with my friend and pastor, David, um, and we're going to go through and, and talk about getting it started uh, and what we want to do uh, just just temporarily. Because I think, I think the building's occupiable we have a right to be in there we ought to stop meeting in houses immediately and stop start meeting in there and we ought to start doing something for the kids immediately even if it's not what we're going to do uh in the new year and 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 it's not the thing we're going to do forever i think to sit down and even even have a sunday school atmosphere or something like that for the kids to do while the adults are talking uh i think that would be smart because we have we had seven Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 kids last Sunday night and, and only like seven adults. So, you know, who's outnumbering who? And, um, so I, anyway, I'm looking forward to doing that again. I, I, I there was a point, And if you've listened to the show, then you know that I never thought I would ever do it again. I felt like it was stupid. I felt like it was pointless. And obviously that was just because of the way. Um, you know, that, that ministry left my life, uh, because of the depression and stuff. Um, but it is what I do and it, it's what I'm good at. And it's going to be nice to have a purpose again, because podcasting has served that role in my life for a while now. It's been the only thing that I consider that I do. It's the only thing that brings in any money into the house. Um, 
and and so podcast being a podcaster has been an important um i don't know stopgap you know but what what i really am is a minister and a and a children's minister and it's going to be nice to get back in there and do uh what they do and you know what i talked about in the last episode um about the people borrowing my stuff you know the the kids that are now borrowing my jam city stuff and using it um it really it really resonated last night when my wife said you know um the stuff that that you're gonna do it hasn't aged meaning you can still do it the same way you did it 10 years ago and it it's still gonna work and i and i'm like yeah you're right i mean that's why uh alex and and them are are borrowing all of my, or, you know, borrowing all my stuff. They want all the old stuff that I did 10 years ago because kids don't change. They really don't. They're watching, they're still watching, um, you know, Monsters Inc. as if it's the first, because it's the first time for them. They weren't there when it was old. They don't know it's old. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, these kids that, that I'm going to be ministering to will literally have never had church done the way that I do it and they're going to be thrilled and the same old tricks and all my old, uh, jokes and, and my, my object lessons and the things that I did, all the stuff that, that the kids, um, were very familiar with in my old ministries are, is going to be brand new all over again. And, um, I'm looking forward to, to jumping in there with these guys and, uh, and helping to do my part to help the, uh, the parents to get what they need out of the service. And, 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 you know, now that a lot of my kids are grown uh, from back in the day, like I talked about B and Alex and all them. Um, I, I think it's going to change the way that I minister and there's going to be things that I say, uh, cause we're going to talk about the connection between childhood and being a teenager and being a grown up because so many of the things I, I know it for real. Now I used to wonder then what could I do in the lives of these kids that will help them to overcome the things that are bothering them? Because most adults, whether they know it or not, are the product of their childhood and the things that they fear, the things they struggle with, the stuff that, that is the biggest deals in their lives didn't happen to them as adults. A lot of it happened when they were children and, the vows that they made and the, the rules, the unspoken rules that they have about the way they do their life um, happen uh, in childhood. And uh, what can I do as a minister to these children to help them to set standards and moral codes in them and start looking for the negative, seeing the negativity in their life? Because a lot of these kids are inner city kids and they see negativity, start to see that instead of a pattern for life start to look at it as something to avoid. What can I do? How can I use this to see this as an example of what not to do instead of following in the footsteps and, and recycling and falling into that cycle of, of self-destruction that, that is so prevalent in the inner cities? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. But the way I see it play out with my, my daughter, like, for instance, she has a thing that she's not going to date as a freshman. And, um, it's a rule she made and, and it, and it has caused her a little bit of problems because guys will ask her and she says, sorry, I'm not dating 
while I'm a freshman and she comes off probably as a little preppy or a little snooty or a little whatever. But then she tells me stories of these friends of hers that are dating and they're on their second and third guy or they got, they love this guy that doesn't even want the time of day for them. So they send them pictures and, and, and he, you know, doesn't send any back. And now she's embarrassed and talks smack about him. And this, she's seeing all this negativity around her and it reinforces her decision. I did the right thing by not choosing not to date my freshman year. I'm obviously along with my friends here. We're not emotionally capable of handling the drama of having a stupid romantic relationship. How can I do the same thing for my kids uh, that are coming through my children's church and help them and teach them in a way that when they go out and they see all the filth and and they're surrounded by all the problems and the short tempers and bad drivers (laughs) and the struggles that, that are prevalent in the inner city, the drug use, the violence, and they could see that instead of a, a trap that could hold them in, if they could see that as an example of um, of of uh, of a reinforcement of what I've taught them and how life can be different for them. Because I have seen my kids from back in the day grow up and become uh, just amazing examples of what a godly life can do for uh, a child. Uh, just making simple moral choices. Uh, it, it keeps them out of so much trouble and breaks that cycle. And uh, I mean, they were there anyway, I, I could just go on and on and on and on. But um, uh, other things that I love, um, I love making music and I don't do it, but I, I, I love it. I love it. And I wish I was better at it. I idolize people like Perry grip. I love Perry grip. I love his um, I'm not a big fan of nerf herder, um, I love his jingles that he makes, the baby monkey songs, the uh, hamster on a piano, raining tacos, it's hailing taquitos, all these songs that he makes and the music that's behind them. I wish I could do that. And that is going to be something I want to take on um, as soon as possible. I'm thinking about getting a guitar. I want to get a knockoff Les Paul and uh, that will complete kind of my my needs as far as music making because i've got a, a midi keyboard um which allows you to make drum beats and play the piano parts and bass parts and all the stuff but a guitar is something you really just need to be able to play there's no way to in my that i know of to really fake a good guitar um and so uh, i've got the recording equipment and all that kind of stuff so i i love that and i would love to do it um uh, but we'll see. We'll see what, what, what it is right now is right now. I'm happy right now. I'm up, um, later today. I may not be. And, and all of these things that I've just said may feel like, uh, some of the worst things in my world, because what happens with depression is it takes all the things you love and care about and it piles it on top of you and says, you're letting all of these people down. The things that you love so much and they love you back, uh, are, are a big pressure and a big stress and a big, uh, 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 just a horrible, horrible pressure. And, um, that's why depression is so perfect and, and it's not, it's, it's, it's evil. Perfect. Because it can take the most wonderful things about your life and turn them into the darkest things. And, uh, 
I, I'm not going to end on that note, though. I, I love puffs with aloe, okay? Because when your nose, uh, you know, is, is in need of a lot of wiping, my, when, I, when I get sick and I get nose drippage, um, my nose will get red and raw, and it's terrible. <laughs> but if you have puffs with lotion or aloe, it doesn't do that. It's magical, and it'll even heal a, a stuffy nose. So there you go. Uh, GOK today is sponsored in part by Puffs with Aloe. At least I used to call it that. Now I think it's called Puffs with Lotion. But anyway, today I am sitting down with my pastor and we're going to be talking about what we're going to be doing on Sunday nights. And uh, I will let you know, uh, as far as life updates go, my daughter did her first dance and... Um, and, and she survived and it really wasn't all that is what she said. Um, it was at a Catholic school, so they didn't play any music that wasn't already clean. And she said they didn't even play clean versions of songs that, uh, meaning they wouldn't play anything that wasn't really, really absolutely already clean. Uh, you know, Jen, Jenna calls the clean versions, the ones where they beep out, you know, or, or silence out the bad words to me. It's not a clean song. You just cleaned it up. It's not the clean version. It's it's still dirty. It's still got the words. You still know what they're saying. But uh, she said, so that meant they played a lot of Panic at the Disco and, and all that. So I don't know who that is. So I don't care. Um, but I thought it was funny. They also had the kids uh, breathe into a breathalyzer before they came into the dance, which I thought was really cool. Um, and uh, Jenna went to the dance with her friends and they talked each other's dresses up and, and loved on each other like girls do. And then, um, they all went to dinner at a restaurant thanks to a couple of parents. And then I, my part of my job was picking up a couple of them and taking them home afterwards. And, uh, Jenna was gorgeous. She looked like a million bucks and, um, uh, she didn't, she went dateless, which was great. <laughs> And, uh, she's kind of over the dance thing now. So that, that was good. Um, I am on keto. Many of you know, I'm doing the keto diet and, uh, the, the, the scale is going down. It's not going down much. Uh, it's, uh, it's bouncing, which is ridiculous. And I know you lose, you, you can't weigh yourself every day. Because you'll be 173 one day and 170 and then 169.9 and, uh, or, or no, yeah, 169.9. I bounce all over the place. I need to do it probably once a week, but I do it daily. And sometimes it's, it's, uh, humiliating and frustrating. And other times it's the greatest thing in the world. It just depends on if I've pooped yet or not that day, I think. <laughs> Cause it's just it's it's ounces and in, instead of pounds that i'm fluctuating but you know i need to just chill and probably just pick a weigh day on a monday or something like that and and see but for a while there was there was peanut butter in the house and that's the last thing i will talk about is i love peanut butter by god peanut butter is the solution for so many things not just for growing hair all over your head in the terrible movie that was peanut butter solution um but also, it, it makes great sandwiches with bread. Keto bread is not a thing. So, um, But I, I, I know I'm technically allowed to have peanut butter, but I can't have it in the house because I will overeat it. I love it so much. And I will put it on the keto bread that I do have, these, these uh, flat 
tortilla, uh, whole wheat, low carb deals that passes for bread. And I will eat them and eat them and eat them. And uh, I will not lose any weight. I did it for like a month and, and keto did me no good because I was having too many carbs through the, through the peanut butter. But now I'm back on track and things are looking good. Um, I guess I've talked enough. Uh, did pretty good for, for uh, a show. I didn't know what I was going to talk about right until I hit record. <laughs> so uh, sorry, no tears this time. Uh, hope you don't, hope you don't mind that. I, I could probably get, get some going for you, but, um, I don't, I don't like crying on the show. <laughs> it's embarrassing. I did go back and listen and it wasn't as bad as I remembered because I thought I just like lost it, but, um, it just felt like I lost it. It was just, you know, it was a normal, normal thing. You know, you can't think about stuff like that and not get emotional. So, um, that's what you get here on the GOK is the real deal. Uh, uh, thanks to you guys who um, re- responded to my questions about it's working, it's working. That was actually a young Anakin Skywalker in episode one of Star Wars when when the uh, pod racers started working. That's what he was doing. He was saying, it's working, it's working. And everybody who sent in an answer uh, to that question, got a GOK sticker in the mail and they started getting them uh, yesterday and the day before and, and I'm seeing pictures online and it's really cool. And um, so there you go. There you go. Thank you so much for listening to episode 109. Uh, if you want to support me on Patreon, it's uh, patreon.com slash GOK and uh, that goes a long way to helping me out uh, with my fundage. And all that kind of stuff helps me afford microphone uh, or microphone preamps and uh, headphone splitters and amplifiers and stuff like that. And it might help me buy that that fake uh, Les Paul. I'm not buying a real Les Paul. By God, never, never can't afford it. Not worthy of it. But uh, but if, uh, something that sounds like a Les Paul that would be great. Get some Chinese knockoff, and it'll be great. Um, Anyway, see you guys next time. I got to run. I got a meeting with David. I got to get to. Thank you for listening to to, uh, Gospel of Kenison. We'll see you next time. Peace.